and you make this a centerpiece when you start telling your team in your town hall meetings or your weekly AMAs, right? You talk about OKR. You say, this is where we stand. This is what happened last week. This is what's going to happen next week. And here are the challenges. This has to be central because people then take notice. They know that it's not yet another exercise where you do this once a quarter, write something inspirational and put it away. Hello and welcome everyone. I am Anand Daniel and this is the Insights Podcast Series from Axia. On this show, we offer up straight talk on entrepreneurship, business and self-improvement through stories and conversations with some of the most brilliant startup founders, business thinkers and industry leaders around the world. This is our 55th episode and if you want to learn more about us or check out our show notes, head out to our website, insightspodcast.in after listening to this episode. My guest today is Vetri Vellur, founder and CEO of Ally, that is A-L-L-Y dot I-O, an OKR software company with customers like Slack, Capital One, Remitly, Urban Company, and many more. Vetri is a software industry veteran, having led several multi-million dollar products and businesses at Microsoft over his decade-plus career there, and also having built a bootstrapped startup called Cronus, which he eventually exited in 2017. For his next startup, Vetri decided to turn towards his fascination with OKRs, a popular goal-setting framework used by leading companies such as Intel and Google. In today's episode, we talk about what OKRs are, how they are different from other goal-setting frameworks, how businesses can go about adopting them, some common challenges and pitfalls to be careful of. We close with our traditional rapid-fire round with Vetri. Hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Hey, Vetri, welcome to the podcast. Uh, what time is it for you? It's pretty early in the morning. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty early. Yeah. I mean, but I do get up uh, rather early, yeah. Anand. So for me right now, it's 7.40, but I've already been up for about three hours. Wow. Okay. You're an early bird. <laughs> You're the negative of me. Right. So welcome to the podcast. <laughs> really appreciate you joining so early in the morning. Thank you. Oh, thank you. thank you. So I want to talk about OKRs today with you. So as you know, my first job out of uh, college, grad school was at Intel. Right, the birthplace of OKRs mm-hmm. and all that. It was under mm-hmm. Andy Grove. So it's so exciting to see OKRs take off in a big way. And Ally is in the middle of that as a company that's built around that. So I want to hear directly from the horse's mouth and the audience also. What are OKRs and why is it so fascinating? Let's start with that. Fantastic. Uh, thanks, Anand, for this opportunity. I'm just so passionate about this topic. So thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my passion and my what we have seen work and not work as well, right, with everyone. OKRs, as you know very well, stands for, it's an acronym for Objective and Key Results. It is essentially a goal-setting framework that brings alignment, transparency, and kind of an outcome-focused model of execution rather than effort-focused model of execution. The biggest value for OKRs comes because it's so simple, right? It's also proven, as you know from your days at Intel, uh, Intel has been using it for decades now, and so has Google. And we now see small companies, both small and big, 
all around the world using OKRs to drive business. And it's been gratifying to see how they are able to adopt the methodology reasonably quickly. It's not overnight, but pretty quick. And it makes a dramatic difference in their focus, productivity, and engagement. Got it. So that's that's helpful. That gives a quick overview. Maybe taking a step back, how did you, what was your first rendezvous with OKRs? How did you come across them? What motivated you to maybe build a product around that? And you're now getting me super excited. I hope I won't take up too much of your time. <laughs> it's okay. That's why um, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> I've been fascinated by the concepts behind OKRs. Right? More than the OKR methodology per se, about uh, 20 years ago, and I remember reading this book called Balance Scorecard from Harvard Business Press. And I fell in love with that book, right? For the concepts that are in that book that I'll come to in a moment, right? And I think those concepts have evolved over a period of time into scorecards and KPIs and MBOs and OKRs. It's just a concept that I really, really fell in love with. Then when I started my first startup, Cronus, after 14 years at Microsoft, right? I had an opportunity to use OKRs. As that startup was scaling, I realized that there's a new need for a new operating framework, right? To run this kind of modern businesses. And the need was becoming painfully obvious to me as the company kept scaling. So I went looking for one of the right models and I came across OKRs. One of the popular models was several years ago now, right? It was not as popular as it is now, but it was still pretty well known. It was a very simple methodology, right? And the concepts around transparency, bringing purpose to work, being data-driven instead of being personality-driven, setting ambitious goals, right? All of those aligned with my own value system. And so for me, it was a natural choice. And so we decided to try it out, trying to be efficient or uh, lazy, right? I tried to do OKRs in spreadsheets and docs and have my second aha moment that to do it consistently and do it at scale, we needed a proper solution. So I hacked Ally as a personal side project and we used it in my startup Cronus. It kind of evolved with our own usage and understanding of OKRs and over a period of time became a really, really good tool. And then the word got around. A few friends, the tech CEOs in Seattle area asked if they could use it. And from there, it has just kind of taken off well beyond my expectations. Nice. So that that's helpful to get the overview of how you got into it. I want to dig a little deeper into the OKRs themselves, right? So maybe just the basics of what makes a good objective and by extension, what's a good key result? Maybe we'll start with that and give a couple of examples of that. Awesome. Helps. Yeah. So, I mean, a good OKR, I believe, has three core ingredients. The first is an inspiring objective, right? Something that motivates the team organizers work to focus on what matters most, whether it's at the business level, team, or individual contributor level, right? That inspiring objective is the first ingredient. The second is the KRs, right? Anand, as you put it, the clear measurable outcomes, right? And the idea of those outcomes is not just about do we know if the objective was met or not met, but these outcomes also are a huge clarifying force, right? When you have an inspiring phrase, right? The outcomes kind of clarify what does this really, really mean, right? And I'll explain it in a moment with an example. So the outcomes are super important part of this OKR. And the third, that sometimes people who are relatively new to OKRs overlook is what is the plan? Okay, have an objective, you have the outcomes, but what is the plan? What are the initiatives? Who's going to do what about it? 
whether these are cascaded child objectives or project initiatives, whatever it is, how do you plan to get to this outcome is the third part. And a good objective has all three ingredients. I'll take an example. Right? For example, we have an objective around earn customers' love and trust. And mm. it's an, that's the object, earn customers love and trust. It's inspiring, but it's also not as crisp as enough, right? I mean, no one can just say, okay, what it cannot become a plan or a measurable outcome by itself, but it's an inspiring one. So then we add these outcomes, but we will use to measure that. Right? That brings clarity to this objective. The first one is increasing NPS, let's say by five points, right? And another key result or outcome could be improving customer SAP, maybe by two points, right? Uh, whatever. And these two anchor that objective, give meaning to what we mean by earning customers' love and trust, how we're going to measure the outcome and what we are going to be focused on. Then the next part is, okay, what are we going to do about it? Right? And for example, we may have initiatives like, let's address the top five dissatisfiers and the product team will own that initiative. We will launch Ally University to provide guidance to customers using OKRs with Ally. Right? And that may fall on our training or customer marketing. Uh, we might have another initiative around let's hire more CSMs, customers, success managers to improve onboarding, which might fall on the customer success team. So starting with objective to earn customers love and trust, having clear measurable outcomes, and then a set of what are we going to do to reach the outcomes together, I think makes it a Good objective. Okay. Objectives and then clear, like inspiring objectives and key results, which are measurable and a plan to achieve them. So That's uh, right. <laughs> maybe uh, taking a step back, like if you look at other methodologies, the smart goals, uh, KPIs and everything, what's the fundamental difference between other systems and OKRs? Is there anything there? Great point, uh, Anand. I mean, even as I was saying before, right? Balance scorecard methodology itself as manifested in multiple gold methodologies. Right? I mean, there have been, as you know very well, and in my humble opinion, there will always be multiple methodologies. Right? We see organizations right now, at least the ones that are adopting OKRs more aggressively, tend to come from methodologies like MBOs or smart goals. Right? We see those organizations moving towards frameworks like OKRs, and the real driver there is the business need. The really strong business need to move faster be more agile and resilient. Right? That is what we see is driving these people from this more traditional methodologies to OKR, which is better suited for this kind of modern environment, right? To move faster and be more agile. Maybe let's double click on that. Why would this be more agile than a KPI or a smart goal? Yeah. Got it. I mean, to be clear, no framework is particularly good or bad, right? Mm -hmm. The best framework is one that fits the company's needs and culture, right? If transparency is not a core value or a business need of the organization, then adopting OKRs will not work because transparency is a core pillar of OKRs. Or if you have long product or business cycles, right, you may not need a OKR-like methodology. What we think are the fun, the reasons, right, um, why companies should think about this is, one is the clock speed of business has been increasing for some time now, right, mm -hmm. to handle the uncertainty around business. Businesses are trying to operate faster and faster. Right? And the OKR framework uh, is really built for that world, right? where you have this more frequent cadence, quarterly, monthly, weekly cadences, 
that allows organizations to be more agile and react to things before it's too late and be resilient. Mm. The second aspect around transparency, right? In a world where you're trying to move fast, right, you've got to break silos and you need to keep everyone on the same page. And transparency, which is another core value prop of OKRs, helps with that. And then finally, alignment, right? Alignment, particularly in a world where remote and distributed work is a norm, allows you to keep everyone aligned toward what really matters. Okay, got it. And is there any particular kind of businesses where OKRs are more, you already kind of alluded to fast clock cycle businesses, but um, maybe two questions there. Any particular stage of companies that are better suited for OKRs and any specific kinds of companies? Got it. Originally, when I started Ally, uh, that was one of the questions I had. And, uh, is it a broad uh, framework that applies or is it a Silicon Valley framework that applies only to high-tech startups, right? Fast growth, high-tech startups. What we have seen now is it applies to a broad set of industries, right? So it is not based on the type uh, the industry segment or the geography, right? Which country or continent are uh, not even the stage, right? We have seen very early stage companies, even pre-seed, all the way up to many of our customers. I'm very glad to say this have gone IPO this year, right? Mm. And last year. And uh, we've seen companies across the entire spectrum adopting OKRs, right? And so it does not appear to be around stage. It really appears to be around need, right? And what I mean by need is, what is the business cycle and how fast does the business have to move? And increasingly, pretty much every business, right? We have customers in real estate and construction, manufacturing. Every business these days has a need to be more agile, nimble, and resilient. Right? And so what we are seeing is more and more industries are just adopting this. When they adopt is the only question, right? When they adopt, typically, seems to be they seem to have a trigger around either the planning cycle, or some industry event that's happening that kind of makes increase the urgency of moving to a framework like okay. mm. Did I make sense? No, no, that or, made uh, sense. Shall I deep dive? No, no, that's that's helpful. Maybe that's a good segue into okay. maybe let's talk about adopting OKRs, right? So any stories that are top of mind for you uh, that'll help the audience, especially startups, uh, think through their own adoption of OKR. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Lots of stories. Lots of stories. Let me just pick a couple here, right? One of our customers, right? I mean, I'll pick two stories. I mean, one customer who has already been using OKRs, but without a software like Ally, and one that was relatively new to OKRs. Mm. And one customer that I'll talk about, Slack, has been doing OKRs for some time without Ally, right? It has been part of their culture to be transparent, to be data-driven. And uh, they actually, when they decided particular point in time to scale their usage, right? That is when they started looking for a solution. How do we do this beyond our spreadsheets, right? Which is a common case. We see that with Remitly. We have seen that with some other organizations, uh, really prominent, well-known organizations as well. They are very successful in using OKRs internally, but only at a very small scale. And the moment you decide, I need to go beyond my department goals to my team goals and my individual goals and everything being aligned, you need a proper system. Otherwise, you end up with a spreadsheet with hundreds and hundreds of tabs, right? Mm. So that is kind of where we start seeing some, some organizations adopt a proper system like Ally. So when we go back to other kind of companies, a large number of companies are relatively new to OKR, right? And either they are 
inspired by a business need or by kind of an affiliation to this kind of the cultural values behind OKRs, right? Transparency, data driven. And by reading the book, somebody gets inspired and they want to go check it out. And we see a lot of those customers and they have to be, a, they tend to be a bit more careful and that's what we advise them to do. And they actually take kind of a phased approach. They actually first tried out typically at a very top level, the executive and maybe level one and level two. And then they go on to the next levels from the departments to teams and then eventually to individuals. And, or it might take some time, it may take two, three quarters to get there in a phased manner. But we've seen these organizations be even more successful at adopting OKRs because they start by adopting OKRs the right way from day one. And there are several examples like Better Cloud, which is another Axel funded company, is one of those, right? They started adopting OKRs and very early on they adopted a system like Ally. And I'm just amazed by how successful they have been. Part of it is how well they manage the process, but it has just been an amazingly good fit. The methodology, the tool, and the business need have come together in a very powerful way for them. Urban Company also uses your your tool, That's right? That's right. Yeah. So, but That's right. Urban. Urban Company and hopefully more companies in India. But I just want to get uh, dive deeper into one thing you pointed out. It starts with the top and then the L1. Maybe just walk us through the process for the people for listening, you can give Urban Company as an example or anything. Where does it start? Is it starts with the CEO or is it starting with the tech or product group or how does this? And then how should people think about trying it out and then rolling it out? Got it. We see both models of adoption. Uh, and we've seen actually departments taking the lead in the organization and trying to adopt OKRs. We also have seen the... Is it tech product normally or... Is it's it, actually, uh, it interestingly, we see three or four different entry points in the department level. We see product, mm. we see IT, we see marketing, mm. interestingly, and we also have seen customer success, mm. right? So it seems like it does have a broad appeal across the spectrum, and we see these are the typical four that lead the way within an organization. Um, with Urban Company, I think folks like Abhiraj, I mean, have been great leaders, right? I think he always has this vision of how he wants to run his company. And OKR methodology aligned really well. And they, I believe, are using OKRs even well before they started using Ally. And Ally was a great fit, right? It fit into how he wants to take OKRs all the way down to the front line, right? Which is pretty progressive. We have many customers who adopt OKRs often stop at team level, right? They do the company, department, and team, and they often do not go all the way down to individual. Urban Company is one of the more progressive companies we have seen. Right. Both the HR leadership there, Sana, because Abhiraj at the executive level, they, I think, have done a really, really good job in adopting the OKR framework. And now they've actually also been very, very realistic about the event about it, right? I mean, what the things I would suggest, right? I mean, that, that I think they've done well, that I think everyone should do is OKR as a methodology is very simple, right? But it's still a change. And so you have to manage the change. It's not about the methodology being tough. But you are now changing, transforming in some way on how you run your company, your business. So in addition to having a strong sponsor like Abhiraj, you need to have strong champions. Okay, a champion or champions in your organization to facilitate the change. At Urban Company, uh, Sana, I think, has done a phenomenal job at it right, with the sponsorship from Abhiraj. They also have taken a very methodical and phased approach, which is something we recommend to all customers, right? 
OKRs again are very simple. Sometimes people get excited and they come to us and say, no, we are already rolled out everyone. We think because it's a change, even if it's simple, it's better to take a phased approach. We recommend customers do not roll it out right away to everyone in the organization, but take a phased approach, typically starting from the top, right? You want to start from the company level objectives and then kind of align the departments to the company objective. And so the OKR ownership, people who own OKRs and drive OKRs tend to be the leadership at that point. But you still want to give everyone in the organization visibility to that. That builds transparency, trust, and understanding of the methodology. So when you go down next level, next level of the organization like the teams, people are already familiar with their methodology. They understand the value. And now they, more people start owning OKR at the next level of the organization. And the teams are now better aligned to the departments and to the company. And then eventually, you roll it out to all the individuals in the organization. The value multiplies every time you roll it out further and further down. Because if people are further down in the organization, they don't understand why they are doing what they are doing. They are the ones that need the transparency and alignment more than the people at the top. So the value multiplies, but still you want to take a phased methodical approach. And that's what we recommend to pretty much all our customers. And Urban Company has particularly done a great job at it. Got it. Great. So I'm, I'm just coming up with a real-time example, right? So a company that's uh, maybe taking my laundry from home and cleaning it and bringing it back. I order it through the mm-hmm. through my phone and it comes, picks up and does the magic and brings it back. It's I'm not taking any real company, obviously. So walk me through the process. Like you said, starts from the top. I know I'm putting it on the floor. Like I just want a real example, right? So how does the, I'm the CEO of uh, that company. How do I go about it? Right. And the objective is I want to be the best laundry company providing customer happiness, right? Or something like that, I'm guessing. Right. So start from that in the various departments and you mentioned. Let's let's break it down a little. Yeah. Let let's say that I mean, uh, you want to talk about the process or the workout structure. Both. Like let's say the first let's define the objective. I've defined the objective. Let's say I want to be the best laundry company in India. Right. So for consumers, mm-hmm. right. Then the key results yep. is what, what do I put that normally? Like, got it. yeah. Got it. And then, got it. then got how it. do I break it down? And then, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Let's say that company objective yeah. is being the best laundry company, as you said. Yeah. Then typically the, what we advocate is both the process and of course, okay, they kind of go hand in hand. Sure. Right? What we suggest is typically the executive team in this case, because the company objective should actually get together. Right. It should not be just drafted by the CEO, in our opinion. Even if the CEO drafts it, the discussion should have the entire leadership team in this case. The direct management. Right? In, in the that discussion. The direct management, yeah. The senior leadership team, right? The CEO plus the leadership team should be involved in this conversation, even if the CEO drafts it, right? And the process would be like people first trying to figure out, okay, what does success mean to us? That's awesome. It's inspirational, right? We want to be the best laundry company modern laundry company in the country. What does it mean to us, right? How do we know we got there in a quarter or in a year, right? Let's say this is an annual objective for a moment, right? You would actually think about, okay, how do we know we got there? What would measurably and objectively tell us that we reached this objective, right? And what we recommend is people actually take a brainstorming approach, right? Write multiple objectives, right? Multiple key results, multiple suggestions, and think about what actually resonates the best for the business. <clears throat> and that needs to be a combination of two things. It needs to be closely aligned to the objective, 
and it needs to be measurable so you can objectively say it happened or did not happen and for example in this case right if we are actually facilitating the conversation we might also suggest things like okay what does it mean in terms of the brand right how well you know, people know that you are doing this right when i go to google india and search for laundry service what do we want to does this company the brand actually come up the another one could be around the delivery of the actual service itself right what does it mean to be the best right it does it mean that you are actually able to turn it around quickly is it around the cost is it around the level of service you provide what is that vector that defines best in this case if it, it can be more than one it's okay right but you got to have the conversation on okay are we differentiating ourselves best because of convenience of quality of turnaround time what is that right is the second thing that we would actually suggest that they actually have a discussion around and the third vector on the metrics uh, brand delivery could also be around scale right or we what scale do we want to do this at? do we want to actually and that's where it goes back to business strategy right that's where the leadership team needs to be involved what is your strategy are we actually focused on winning the first five markets or just one market are we going after what is the scale at which we want to achieve this best laundry service brand those are the conversations that we suggest people have and then what is typically seen is instead of one person saying here the three metrics having the team wide collaboration actually generates buy in so you get clarity and buy in at the same time hmm how long does this process normally last for the companies that do this typically the first time one of the mistakes we see companies make is they take too long right they take sometimes mm-hmm. couple of weeks right it gets better that's a good thing like with practice it gets better and better when we are involved and we'd like to facilitate conversations again we do this because fundamentally this is our passion we want to make companies successful right and we can we see this happening in about an, an hour to two hours again it's not just one objective typically you're going to have more than one if you are building an organization and it should not take more than 2 hours of the leadership time and it gets even better cycle after cycle and company level what's a typical number of objectives and assuming each objective has 3 or 4 key results yeah. yeah that's right depending on the maturity of the organization it varies on it right if we are like a late stage organization you're typically going to have about 4 to 5 objectives right early stage might be just one right i just need to find product market fit right yeah everything else not laundry case yeah, that's two. the one right <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly they may have just two. one in that case right you're not thinking about yeah. your employee scaling the company or not thinking about all those multiple dimensions yeah right they will come yeah. right but you're not yet thinking you're thinking only of product market fit but as the company evolves the top level objectives we see they end up with about 4 to 5 top level objectives they typically tend to be around revenue growth right customer satisfaction people and finance slash operation brand right? sometimes yeah, yeah okay. yep. exactly right they tend to be around those and in a early stage company many of those other things don't matter product market fit is the only thing that matters what does happen though is right you don't want every department every team every individual to always carry four to five three to five objectives the okr methodology says that you should have three to five we actually recommend that as you go down you have in fact fewer and fewer objectives Right. Mm. as a company you are able to do multiple things you have multiple departments right when your departments better do fewer things when your team do even fewer right do few things and do them well has been our philosophy at ally 
that's what we also recommend to customers but when you go down to individual it's better to have just two objectives not even five so when when i hear people say l1 l2 objective is that what that is the main objective being broken down into sub objectives and then teams below like going back to our laundry example want to be the best brand then the marketing team takes that and comes up with their objective for that alone and the different team takes on something else right okay got it that is exactly right got it so in this context what can go wrong then so what what are the common mistakes that you see you said one of them is people taking too long to figure out the objectives but like that so and let's stick with earlier stage companies what what are the common pitfalls that people with a little bit of planning can avoid yeah i mean the first one as you said anand is sometimes people can get too much into the weeds and spend too much time in defining weeds right and an imperfect okr even if start having the best metrics or not written the most inspiring way still has huge value right so doing it in a timely manner i think is important otherwise just the fatigue of going to the activity the exercise itself will create friction right and that is one the second thing we have seen is actually making sure it matters right you cannot take the time to define these and put it on the side and just go back to how you are doing stuff right so this needs to be woven into everything you do right it needs to be in a weekly cadence for example if you are having a weekly company review right exact meeting you need to be looking into your okr start from your okr so okr is actually on track if not double click understand what is not going well it makes sure that everyone in the organization knows that that is the focus it's not written it's not put on from wall and you just go back to your jira projects and what not but you have to make sure that every week at minimum weekly cadence is what we recommend you actually come back to where things stand and you make this a centerpiece when you start telling your team in your town hall meetings or your weekly ama's right you talk about okay You say this is where we stand. This is what happened last week. This is what's going to happen next week. And here are the challenges. This has to be central because people then take notice. They know that it's not yet another exercise where you do this once a quarter, write something inspirational, and put it away. Right. So taking the time, right? Not too much time, but a right amount of time to make the planning exercise fast. Using that in a regular cadence, right? This has to become your operating fabric. This has to anchor your activity. and that i think is the the second most important thing the third is when companies are new to okrs you see them often getting super excited it is a very simple methodology and it is very exciting like i remember my days early days but it is still a change right you have to be conscious of making sure that your team is buying in and there is constant communication on how this is adding business value so that kind of don't take it for granted that everyone actually understands why this is the right thing to do take the time to make sure that people understand the value it's creating how it's getting used in every aspect of the business okay but if you involve the management and uh, co-created these okrs like how we talked about earlier right don't you already have the buy in what is the change i'm trying to understand what is it that keeps people from adopting it even after that so the real challenge we see anand is right the daily whirlwind right mm. <laughs> there there is stuff that's going to come at them right the moment they walk out of the planning meeting this is what they need to do strategically right in early stage business it's not very hard to stay focused on just that one thing right but as you go a little later even in early stage right there's going to be new things that's going to keep coming keep coming at you right the urgent if the daily 
yeah the more urgent may not be as important definitely not strategic the urgent things are constantly reacting right coming to work there are 50 emails 200 slack messages waiting right how do you focus on what really matters just one thing right so creating that focus right keep bring the team back it's not about they did not buy in but just make sure that they use this as a way to organize what they do on a weekly basis right they're not getting sucked into the daily cycles and the weekly cycles that are highly distracting because of the urgency of those items so you say you suggested a weekly review so in a management all hands or something whatever your mm-hmm. regular operating system uh, for the company is yep. and uh, maybe one last question on what could go wrong or or just want to understand the interplay of okrs with uh, cultural values and financial budgeting right so i feel all three are linked but love to get your sense on what to watch out for there if any got it got it it's actually a fantastic question anil because cultural values particularly right are a very very big deal in fact one of the things when we actually talk to prospective customers we actually ask is how aligned is organization culture to the values of okrs i mentioned this example sometime back earlier in this conversation about how transparency right if that is not a core value prop maybe you are the federal reserve or i don't know some organization where it may or may not be a core value of the organization or a business need right in that case you have to be careful on there is not alignment between our values and the values of this methodology does this make sense there are other methodologies obviously right so the value alignment is super important the business need right of actually having to work together not having silos is super important those actually need to align before you adopt any methodology but definitely for the okr system on the your second part about the finance and operating components we don't see that having a significant impact because if anything the okr methodology because when you write your kas you can build in constraints into it right if we will be the world's number one brand or country's number one brand under the constraint that we'll spend only $50,000 on marketing i'm making up an example here right mm-hmm. that defines the constraints together right and so because you give these constraints these operation financial constraints if any as you define the objective otherwise it's not a realistic plan right as you define the objective you in fact if anything have better alignment right better understanding and alignment around the finance and operating metrics yeah i've at least from the little i've observed good companies combine these through the strategic planning okr and budgeting and kind of iterate among these three tools it's always a balancing act right so would you agree like so just yeah completely agree right and yeah. first and foremost of course is the people culture aspect right that is something i think they need to do well ahead of time even before they pick the methodology particularly one like okr but after that i think they get really well over because we're writing an okr right you're going to write the objective you're going to write the metrics some of the metrics are going to be around constraints right we will do this in this time frame under these constraints and then your operating plan is what actually helps you achieve the objective right this team will go and do this in this time frame and to sort a proper plan right here are the projects initiated we're going to do having the objective by itself is not going to be as helpful right so when the team works through this essentially you've created that together as you put it right you created the objectives you created the constraints outcomes and you created an operating plan that is realistic it's a stretch 
but realistic. Okay. This is super helpful. So maybe I'll reach out to you right after this. Any resources that you want to recommend, uh, we'll, uh, we'll include that in the show notes uh, that goes along with this, right? So uh, before we let sure. you go, maybe a rapid fire, some questions for you. If if you're okay with that. All right. Okay. Yes. Your sure. uh, most frequently used app these days. Notability and Slack. I think Anand used Notability too. Yeah. I've seen some of your amusement. Yeah. I become a fan. Nice. It's just because of the free writing part of it. Awesome. Maybe any books, podcasts, anything that you listened to recently that uh, you found very helpful. The Knowledge Project. Abhinav suggested that. And I find it really incredible. A lot of uh, CEOs sharing about their experiences in various areas of business. Yeah. I am also listening to HBR IdeaCast. Got it. Thank you. Maybe last one. What's the best part of working from home for you? (laughs) The lack of commute. I always thought commute was a crime. Yeah. So you should come to Bangalore. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. That's why I want to get you to come to Seattle. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Hopefully, hopefully you're not sleepless there. So thank you so much for joining and a really informative session today. So I'm sure the audience are going to take a lot of uh, good takeaways from this and hopefully many of them start trying out OKRs and make a big shift in their own progress as a company. So thank you, Vetri, for making the time. Thanks, Anand. And this is my passion, right? It, it doesn't matter whether they use Ally software or not. We have a lot of resources on Ally.io website, right? Templates, best practices and stuff. So we want to be a resource to anyone, even if they're not using our software. Absolutely. So let me know if I can be of any help to even specific organization. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Adam. Take care. Hope you enjoyed the chat with Vetri. A lot of great information there on objectives and key results and how to use OKRs as a really powerful tool for your organization, whether it be small or large. Hope you put this to practice in your own company. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any feedback for the Insights podcast, you can tweet us at Axel underscore India. If you want to check out more podcasts from the series, please visit insightpodcast.in. Thank you for joining and look forward to having you back.